Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. And welcome to episode 97 for The Love of Woolly. In this episode, we'll be having a look at what's on the needles, what's in the weaving shed, we have a couple of reviews, a brief shop update, and a look at some upcoming events. So, grab a cuppa, pull up a pew, grab something to work on, and let's rock and roll. Hello again. Well, I'm recording this less than a week since the last one went out. So, you know, here's hoping. I've drifted a little bit from the schedule since I was planning for this to have been recorded and posted up at the weekend just gone. But today is Wednesday the 18th of October and events conspired against me slightly, but that's my life. And I thought, well, do you know what? We can still go with it. It's fine. This is another coffee shop recorded episode, or at least parts of it are. So apologies if the background is a little louder than you would expect. But JJ's not coping very well with me attempting to have silence in the house whilst I'm recording. So um, we're, we're continuing with this for the moment. It was lovely to have some feedback from listeners um, who said they were delighted to hear me return it's really really kind of you and um, I was delighted that Louise from Caithness Craft Collective gave me a shout out on Twitter love you Louise and you know you keep me going through those times when I was struggling anyway our first section is what's on the needles and I actually have things on the needles woohoo um the first thing I'm going to talk about are bob socks alright now, these are socks designed by Louise Tilbrook, and she slightly redid the design back in June and July for a knit-along. They're a nice, simple sock, uh, cuff down, um, with a garter or a rib um, section down each side, and I am knitting them in fluff doll in space fruit dolls a merino nylon blend and the lovely leona from fluff um sorry i called them fluff doll it's not fluff at all it's it's a rusty ferret which of course is sold through fluff anyway it's rusty ferret doll in space fruit which is orange and purple and i got the yarn specifically to make these socks they were going to be my commuter socks back in the end of june beginning of july when i was doing new designers and i was going to be commuting in from oxfordshire so i thought these would be my commuter socks and i'd obviously get them whacked out no i didn't Uh, i ended up taking the bus and walking a lot instead of taking the bus so that i could get my walks in And so I didn't knit on them very much at all. It's also slightly complicated by the fact that I decided to do two at a time on two circular needles, um, which normally I use for toe-up socks, and trying to get them sorted for cuff down 
proved a little bit of a wrestling match, but never mind. So I worked on them in that week. Um, I still actually don't think I've finished Clue 1 uh, since she, ref- or, uh, she referred to them um, and released the, the steps as four separate steps and four consecutive weeks. But uh, I'm, st- I'm still struggling slightly to work on small needles. I'm working on two point... I can't remember if they're 2.25s or 2.5s. I suspect they're 2.5s. And they are higher, highers, really sharp, pointy needles that I picked up at Counters the Blaze back in May. They are really sharp. Really sharp. To the point where I have to be careful. I'm not going to stab myself with them. So I'd sort of done the ribbing and made a little start on the leg of the sock. Um, back in July and then I put them down for a while and then back in August I attended a fan convention that had an awful lot of standing around in queues waiting for photographs and waiting for autographing opportunities so I had them packed inside a little grey girl pyramid bag with a wrist strap so the bag was on my wrist the yarn was tucked inside the bag and I sat there and knitted in the queues and I got quite a bit of the leg done I've not quite finished the leg yet and I have to say, I don't think I've done anything on them since the end of August, which is a bit shocking, apart from a desultory row this week so that I knew that I could actually talk about them and say that I was working on them and that they weren't actually a UFO that was hibernating. But they're a nice, simple thing. I haven't actually made a pair of socks in four-ply, possibly since 2013, finished the beginning of 2014, I think. So... It's been a while. Um, I made a pair of socks, obviously, for Mum at Christmas, but they were DK, so they did work up quite quick. Um, and I'd forgotten how fine foreplay is when you're working on a small needle. But it's a, a great pattern, and the yarn just sings to me because it's just really bright, and it's not the kind of combinations that I tend to do, and I'm, I'm really pleased with it. The other things that I've got on my needles that are current, because anyone who knows me knows that I'll have lots of things that are on my needles that are snoozing in corners and bags and boxes and everything else, but the, the things that are current are all by Woolly Wormhead, which will therefore go on and explain at the title of this episode. So the first thing is Contour, which is a beautiful hat that I'm knitting in the baby leg long legs mesmerino dk kit that i bought at fiber east um, to go along with the pattern and contura is um, a nice slouchy hat that's knit in bands each band has got short rows and you offset them as you go around so some parts of each band are wide and then the next band yeah, that corresponds with a narrow band and each time i finish each band i cast off the entire hat but in a contrast colour and then pick up the stitches in the next one. So it's moving through from a sort of tealy turquoise through some some turquoise, through some teals and dark blues to greens and there's a very, very dark blue forming the contrast cast-off band that's making these very thin rows all the way around the hat. I'm absolutely adoring it. I love um, Baby Longlegs Mesmerino. I'm, I'm... I'm not sure I didn't actually use it for my colour affection shawl. I'd have to go back and have a look, because I can't remember. But certainly the colours in the hat, I'm sure the three colours I used for my colour affection shawl are within these colours. But it's lovely, lovely yarn, this mesmerino. It's got a real sheen to it, and it's just beautiful to use. And the pattern is 
great. It's so simple, but I love short rows, and it's just, it's it's great. It, it's just real easy, easy knitting that, because it's going in bands, you want to think, well, I, if I'll just get this next band done and do these bits of short rowing. I do have to concentrate on the short rowing bits but to, to make sure I put them in the right place. It's easy to get them wrong. Um, and I haven't got them marked with stitch markers. I'm just counting for the end of the needle. But it's just so nice. So it is growing really, really fast. It, I can do one of the colour bands quite comfortably within an evening. So it's absolutely great. I was looking through Ravelry, and some people have done them in just one yarn that's slightly variegated, and that gives a completely different effect than using different yarns. But I love um, using the different yarns and then having the contrast cast-off section. It's really, really good. I also have uh, on the needles Mobbly um, by Woolly. Yeah, familiar sounding name, isn't it? Well, that's because um, it was published last year in her Painted Woolly Toppers for Kids book. And she made Mobbly using a skein of Mobbly Aran that I had custom dyed for her. It's called Ragazzo Bello because I knew that she was knitting this hat, particularly for her son. And we discussed the colours that she was looking for, colours that would suit his colouring, but also colours that would fit in with the other yarns that she was using across the book so that she had a balance of different colours. So Ragazza Bello is a really nice set of colourway that's got sort of ultramarine and uh, leaf green and olive. But the way that I've dyed them, the leaf green um, sometimes separates out, so we've got yellowy areas as well as the, the bright green bits. And they're done as hand paints, so they are there are sort of blended areas where the colours merge into each other, which is really interesting. And of course, painted woolly toppers for kids is the kids' version, not the kids' version, but the the uh, children's patterns to complement when she did painted woolly toppers a few years ago. And they designed for these variegated hand painted yarns that you need something to uh, work with to make the, the pattern break up um, or to actually really highlight those bright colours. And it's great for those yarns that you love but you're not sure what you're going to do with them. And Mobbly is a sideways hat and it's, again, worked with short rows. But it's woolly, so there's always... Uh, in any of Woolly's books, if you've ever seen any, there's always lots of tutorials and I am using the one in there to use the German short row method to do my short rows and they're absolutely fabulous. I really, really like it. And this also works up really, really quickly. I am doing the 21 inch circumference size, which is the last but one, or the largest but one size. And in two evenings, I had knitted four out of the five panels. So I've got one more panel to do, and then I need to actually graft the hat together. Uh, and there's a tutorial for that as well. But I'm going to talk more about the book later on in the review section because I've actually done a review, even though it was published last September. It was one that I wanted to do a review on, and then because I didn't podcast about it, 
Um, I, I couldn't, but I thought, well, no, it's, I know it's a year old, but actually I want to talk about the book because it's, it's great. It's fabulous. So I will do. I'll talk about that later. The final thing that I've got on is, oh, it's pathetic. I mean, you could almost call it a um, finished item, but it's not quite. It's the mystery hat from 2015, which has a beautiful little tiny cable against reverse stocking stitch going up. It's quite a tight knitting hat. It's got a garter band that was actually knit straight, so it separates at the end. So if you wore a ponytail... It could go either side of your ponytail at the nape of your neck. If not, you can just pull it down and it separates slightly around your your nape. It's finished all bar the bobble. And you could get away with it without the bobble. And I very nearly did say, do you know what, I'm not going to put the bobble on it. But I was speaking to a friend of mine and she just said, oh, the bobble does make that pattern. And I thought, yeah, it, it does actually. And I think I might need to make the bobble. And that is all I need to do. It, it was... It was not a difficult knit, but it did take a long time to do because I was working all around college work as well. But I think I actually finished the last part of it last November or December. And it's just literally, it's been sat there waiting for a bobble. So I need to make the bobble. I knit it in um, Stanley DK in the colourway Claire. So it's sort of a a nice mid-blue. But... It, it just needs this bobble and be sorted. And then with that and Contura, um, which I will is, is being made in my size, I will have um, a couple of new different style hats for this winter. The Mobbly that I'm doing from Painted Woolly Toppers for Kids is slightly too small for me. So it's, at the moment, I think it's, it's destined to be a sample for the stall just to show up what the Ragazza Bello looks like a knits like but I may end up giving it to my cousin's little girl but it's a little bit it'll be too big for her at the moment but that's everything that I'm currently working on that's on the needles I know I'm not currently working on that last mystery hat but I am determined it's going to have a bobble by the time I speak to you next there I've committed myself now Let's see if we can get it in the finished items in the next episode. So, on to In the Weave Shed. I've currently not got anything on the Luet Magic Dobby, apart from the leftover bit of the last warp. And I'm, I haven't got... I, I haven't kind of list of things that I want to do on it but at the moment um, I'm not in a position to be able to do that and I've got other things that I need to weave on so that is just in the weavery at the moment waiting for warps and to make some scarves on my Katie I have some silk weaving going on it's based on the course that I took with the Association of Guilds of Weavers, Spinners and Dyers Summer School back with Sue Hiley Harris back in August. The course was called Silk Weaving with Handspun Tapestry Inserts and the main ground cloth of the weaving is silk in plain weave which sounds like it's going to be so easy to do 
and actually is probably the hardest thing to do perfectly because there is no place to hide. It wasn't until I was weaving this that I realised that one of the reasons that I really enjoy weaving with wool is that you wash it and you scrub it slightly and it fuzzes up. And one of the reasons that I like weaving twill and one of the reasons that I like weaving with variegated yarn is because all three of those things will help cover slight irregularities in the beat, which is how far, how hard you press down on the weft threads that go from left to right. And will also disguise a slightly wobbly selvage. When you are weaving plain weave with silk, there is no place to hide. Now, if you're not a weaver, you probably wouldn't necessarily notice the changes in beat. But I can see them a mile off and other weavers will be able to see them a mile off. And it's, it's a bit like the ripples that are left in the sand when the tide goes away, apart from the fact that they're straight. So there are areas where they are, threads are packed closer together than in other areas. Um, so it's all a little bit of a challenge. The tapestry inserts are quite interesting as well. I've not done um, any inserts like this in weaving before. I've done inlay, which is where you lay a second thread in some areas to create colour interest or texture interest. But I've not done inlays where you're actually weaving a completely different pattern. What that means is um, normally in plain weave, you lift up every other thread. So I've got six threads in each group on shafts one, two, three, four, five, and six. And I lift one, three, and five and put the, shed, the, the thread through and then swap it and drop those three and lift two, four, and six. For the tapestry inserts, I lift one, two, and three and then drop them and lift four, five, and six. So I begin to thread the hand-spun silk through those in bundles of three. So it creates a different effect against the ground cloth of the ordinary silk. So I'm using a machine-spun, mill-spun cream silk for the ground cloth, and I'm using some hand-spun silk in blue and purple that have come from some mulberry silk brick that has been dyed by Katie at Hilltop Cloud. It's beautiful, beautiful yarn. And I think it's the first time I've ever spun silk like this, coloured dyed silk. And it's, it's spun up really nicely, actually, but it's not terribly consistent. So it's a little bit thinner in places than it is in the other. I've made it into a three-ply. But it's giving some interesting effects... And I really enjoyed the course. It was quite interesting at summer school. Um, you go round each other's classrooms on the Saturday and have a look. And lots of the other classrooms, the dyeing classrooms, have all got lots and lots and lots of different um, mini skeins of yarns that they have dyed. The print ones have lots of samples of fabrics that they have printed. The spinning classes all have lots of mini skeins of different things that they've spun. Even the other weaving classes tend to have lots of different samples. We went in our classroom and nobody could see anything because all we'd done was manage about, if you were lucky, you managed about six inches of, of plain weave with a tiny little tapestry insert. 
so it is slow going to get it right and it's taken me a while to make sure I get into the groove of it and it is something I need to concentrate on way more than I thought I was going to need to but it has been really good to make me really strip back my practice and think you know the temptation is to grab the beater with one hand but if you don't have that hand centrally located then you're pulling very slightly down on one side of the beater compared to the other and that means that you won't get a beautifully even beat so it's been really good to make me go back and re-examine all of my actions where they had begun to get a little bit sloppy because I was working so fast in the run-up to the final college project. On the Ashford four-shaft loom, I have got some single cloth using Jameson of Shetland uh, 12-count singles left over from my final college project. I've got three colours in the warp and then I'm weaving a very simple pattern in the weft, making use of the point threading, point twill threading. What that means is instead of threading one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, all the way through when I thread the threads of the warp through the heddles in the loom, I'm threading one, two, three, four, three, two, one. So I get a zigzag pattern. What that means is then I can use the same lifts as I would use for straight threading, but I get a very different pattern. So what I'm getting at the moment is a zigzag pattern across the width of the cloth and I'm weaving it to play around with the single cloth to actually get some idea of how much it shrinks when I wash it. I want to make some notebook covers, but when I made them, I realised that I would be much better if I made them measuring down the length of the cloth so that the selve edges that I made went along the edges, the top and bottom edge of the book cover um, rather than those being raw edges that I had to finish off with a zigzag seam um, which then of course fluted out so to do that I have to be able to end up with a finished cloth the right size and to do that I have to sample so that I can work out the maths of how much it shrinks when I take it off the loom and when I wash it so that's what I've been doing at the moment on, on the weave shed it's not terribly exciting to look at but it's useful in terms of going back and getting all that maths. It's kind of the equivalent of knitting a, a swatch. Um, you know, it's a bit of a neck ache, but if you don't do it, you don't have all the information to your fingertips and you can end up wasting what you have spent your time doing, or at least not wasting it, but you end up with fabric that you can't use for the purpose you wanted to because it's not the right size. So there you go. We always say, don't we, you should be uh, knitting a swatch. Same with weaving. You should be weaving a sample because if you don't sample it for finishing techniques, you may end up not being able to use the cloth for what you want to use it for. Okay, so on to reviews. So, as you worked out from the title for The Love of Woolly, we have got a bit of a woolly wormhead theme going on. And the reviews, I'm actually going to do two reviews today because they're both of woolly wormhead books and I thought it seemed to make much more sense to put them together than to separate them out. 
The first is the book that I've already mentioned, The Painted Woolly Toppers for Kids, which was published in September of 2016. And I am currently knitting the Mobberly from it, but there are several that I would like to knit for my cousin's children. So the book itself has 10 patterns. They are aimed at children, but since the largest sizes for two of them are 24 inches, for six of them are 23 inches and the other two are 22 and 22 and a half inches respectively, they will fit a lot of adults. I'd say two of the patterns, Kilbride, which is um, based on a lace pattern, and Witchhaven, which has got um, sort of some button embellishments, are aimed more at girls, but the rest are gorgeously gender neutral, which is fabulous. There's a lot of use of garter stitch, um, which always works really well with hand-painted yarns anyway. There are slip stitches, which accentuate the use of the hand paints. And there are some sideways hats knitted with short rows. So again, you're breaking up the pattern and you're really experiencing the joy of hand paint. So for example, in my Mobbly, you do a chevron section that stays straight and then you have your final section which has the short rows and each time you get to that end you knit one less in your short row so that it curves round when you then come to finish it off and, and start the next section you'll quite often find for example that if the blue has been congregating at this slightly curved section that will be forming on the top of the crown the first row that you've then got going across it to finish it all off and set you up ready for the next panel is completely green. So it, it's providing a really nice juxtaposition of the hand paints, which is really how so many of these work so well. So it's got, like I say, Mobbly in there, which is using my yarn. And I have to say, I was absolutely thrilled when I realised that that hat was forming the front cover uh, of the book and it's just it it looks fabulous the the whole picture is well it, it i just love woolly's um design ethic anyway and her whole aesthetic in terms of the photographs that she takes so these photographs are all done against a dark dark background so that you can't see anything apart from the two models and the hats and the two models are wearing quite dark clothing so their focus is on these bright, bright coloured hats and they're, they're really, really eye-catching. Of course, it's Woolly Wormhead, so it's got tutorials in it. Tutorials are go-go and they are, of course, the usual high standard that you'd expect. And I, like I say, I'm delighted that there are tutorials in there for grafting garter stitch because I don't think I've ever actually done that. So I'll need to be needing to do that. And the short rows, I've not used my normal wrap and turn method, but I'm using the German short row method, which is giving a slightly different effect. I chose that because I will need to graft the hat together because it's knit sideways. And one of the rows that I will need to graft in will have some short rows in it. And in the book, Woolly says that the German short row method is slightly easier to graft than the normal wrap and turn method because obviously you're trying to pick the wrap up so I thought right well I'll go for it there are a range of yarn weights used and the book has got a selection of yarns from indie dyers and also from commercial dyers so you've got a, a real 
selection of different styles of yarn, different weights of yarn, uh, and different styles of hats, slouches, beanies, um, pixie hats, and like I say, a sort of a lovely lace beret. So it's, it, I think it's a fabulous book. I think the photographs are wonderful, and it's just so bright, and I just absolutely love it. So I'm really, really thrilled with it. The second book I want to review is Elemental, which is the one that has recently been published. And it is five sideways hats using short rows. And it is a stunning use of hand-dyed semi-solids. They are just beautiful. Again, the book's full of tutorials. There are new grafting techniques. And the layout and the styling of this book is different from any of the other Woolly Wormhead books I've got. Um, If you've had more than one Woolly Wormhead book, you'll be familiar, with the exception of Going Straight, which I think was her first one. Um, All of the Woolly Toppers um, series and the Twisted Woolly Toppers, Painted Woolly Toppers, they all have a very similar feel. They're square books, photograph and initial information about the pattern and then the pattern following it with tutorials included that are all based on line drawings. This one is new to me. Now I don't know if it's new for this book or whether the change happened with circles the previous book um, from earlier this year which I haven't actually got which I think is probably the only woolly wormhead book I don't have so the tutorials this time are photographs the patterns uh, are each laid out with a panel map for each repeat so it's a 2d representation of the 3d repeat that's achieved um, by using the short rows they're all knitted in the book from the same yarn which of course sitting here looking at my notes I haven't actually written down what it is Um, but what I can tell you is it is a yarn that has been put together as a a collection and the colours have been curated by the designer Carol Feller from Stolen Stitches who I really like her colour sense and I like her aesthetic and so that's probably why so many of the colours appeal to me and that they're all done in a DK weight Each of the hats uses two colours and the way that the short rows are used are to create areas that mimic um, different parts of the elements. So so there are watery features looking like rippling waves. There are flames, bits that look like flames licking up the side for the fire element wind patterns they're all just stunning and the uh, the entire collection is drool worthy currently tofu is my favorite but doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to stay that way it could well be something else and i have to say the the back page photograph and graphic is based around a pentagon with um, segments of each of the hats within it and it has to be one of the most stunning visual images i have seen all year and i did actually tweet um, Woolly that when she showed it um, on Twitter as a, a preview it it's just quite possibly the most beautiful thing aesthetically I have seen all year I can't wait to cast on and knit one of these hats Toph appears to be the one that has or, or Toph, it might be Toph don't know, that appears to be the 
favourite with readers and knitters, having a look on Ravelry. It's certainly the one with most projects and most favourites. But I just think they are all absolutely stunning and I can't wait to chew some yarn and cast one on uh, later in the year. And it will be... Um, really interesting because there are specifically new technorial, uh, tutorials for some new grafting techniques, specifically how you graft when you're dealing with two different colours. So I'm really looking forward to that. I can't wait when I've cast off these two hats that I've got on at the moment. That will be one of the next ones I do, I think. Something else from Painted Woolly Toppers for Kids for my cousin's little girl and then a tofe or other for me can't recommend them highly enough if you have not got one please go and check them out i will put links in the show notes to the books on ravelry so you can have a look at the different patterns but they are absolutely stunning so i mentioned that my version of Mobbly that I'm knitting, I'm actually using Ragazza Bello, which is the yarn that I created for Woolly, the colourway I created for Woolly to knit the sample for the pattern. There are some skeins of that up in the shop at the moment. I put up a Mobbly update um, last Friday, and the plan is that each month I'll do one yarn update and one fibre update and link the podcast in around about that time. The timing slightly off with this one, but, you know, I didn't really think that you wanted to hear me straight after having the last one go up in last Thursday. And quite frankly, at that point, I hadn't knitted enough because I hadn't actually cast on the mobbly at that point. So I wanted something else to be able to talk to you about. But there are some new colourways in... Mobbly, Fourply and Aaron up on the website and then some of the colourways that I've dyed before and there's also some Stanley up in the shop at the moment that is at a reduced price because they've been around for a little while and I would like to clear the space and clear the stock. There is some fibre up although not much um, the little grey girl bags are up which I absolutely adore they're just fabulous and if you want to go and have a, a look at anything, it's over at www.yarnsoftheplane.co.uk forward slash shopping forward slash. I will put a link in the show notes and uh, you can have a little look in there. If you haven't already, then you might want to consider signing up for the newsletter. There is a, a space on the main page of the website available for signing up to the newsletter. And I send out... Or, or I will be sending out a newsletter around the, the time of each update and there are quite often discount codes available in there so it might well be worth your while to sign up for that so that you are aware of when the next update is and some of the samples and things that are in it Finally, let's have a little look at some of the upcoming events in the woolly world over the next few weeks. 
This coming weekend, Saturday the 21st and Sunday the 22nd, the wool boat is aiming to be in Abram near Wigan. Just breaking in to say that following weekend they are planning to moor up somewhere in Parbold near Wigan. Now if you're not aware of the wool boat at all, it's Colin and Carol's craft creations. They're a couple who sail the waterways of Great Britain, mainly um, within the northwest, it has to be said, I think, from what I can understand, and sell yarn from their boats. Um, I actually went along a couple of weekends ago and I will be putting a review in um, over the next couple of weeks, but they are aiming um, to moor up at Abram near Wigan this coming weekend because they're on their way home back to Bursco their um, winter mooring they have a Facebook page which is the best place to keep up with where they are going to be so I'll put a link into that um, in the show notes um, but they're lovely really nice chatty people and it was really nice when I went to go along and so I'll, I'll sort of talk a little bit more about them um, in the future following weekend saturday the 28th and sunday the 29th of october is kendall wool gallery gathering now i've done kendall wool gathering for the last couple of years but i'm not doing it this year so if you were going to go along and hoping to see me then i'm afraid i won't be there but there will be lots of other vendors there that's changed location this year so it is in kendall leisure center and i'll put a link up to their webpage in the show notes and finally, the, next, the final thing I wanted to mention is Festival, which is Saturday the 11th of November at Hitchin in Hertfordshire. I will be there, so if you are in the area and you pop in to come and say hello, please come and say hello to me. It would be lovely to see you. And on that note, I think it's time to wrap it up for the day. Thanks for listening, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye! You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com Comments can be left there or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com or you can message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plain. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com and you can also find me at Twitter where I tweet as Tales from Plane. Go on, make yourself heard.